Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast with 250 million reasons to podcast. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. I wanted to say dollars, and then I wanted to say listeners, but you all knew that, you know, none of that would have been true. Uh, Why camera device changed to surface camera front? Well, why? It's off, so I don't know why you're telling me this, you stupid, stupid program. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to talk about how great uh, Josh Allen is, and there's one metric that says he's $250 million great. I I thought it was 258 million uh, ways he was great. Yes, I. You know what? I, I'm. I think because the way Spotrac writes the, uh, you know what? It's 150 guaranteed. That's what I was looking at, um, because I was doing the quick math, and Josh Allen's guaranteed 150 million dollars is the same total guaranteed money that Stefan Diggs, Tre'Davious White, Deion Dawkins, and Mitch Morse will all make together. So. Um, and I, I read, and I don't know if it's accurate, that of that $150 million guaranteed, he got $100 million of that the day he signed the contract. So that's a heck of a day right there. It's a, it's, it's a damn <laughs> – it's a, it's a good day for Josh Allen. Um, and by and large, the, the feeling has been it's a really good day for Buffalo and Bills fans um, as well as I, – I think I saw one person trying to do a devil's advocate – well, did they over, you know, some national program was trying to do, did they overpay Josh Allen? Um, and I don't know. So just just to give some of the brief uh, notes on the contract, and then we'll go to Scott, who hasn't hasn't jumped in yet. Six years, $258 million total. That six years does not kick in until after next year's fifth year option pay. So he, um, the multi-year spending, so his, his contract number goes up like the tiniest bit this year. Um, he's at $10 million this year and then $16 million in 2022. 2023, it's just under $40 million. 24, $41 million. And 2025, $51 million. And I'm wondering if like the hope is on some people that like, hey, you've won a, a Super Bowl before 2025 and we really want you to be our quarterback because he's a quarterback until he's 30 i think we want you to be our quarterback until you're 36 so can we take this 50 million dollar salary give you another bonus and spread it out even further and certainly alan seems like the kind of guy who 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 might do that i don't know his his contract is is excellent um everybody was happy for him on the team um he was happy the front office seemed happy um and then he apparently says so someone sent me an article saying like his his first act after signing the contract was to do a video conference with the kids and people at Oshai uh, Children's Medical Center where his grandmother's name is named after the pediatric ward. Um, so, uh, God, if that's not just a freaking, you know, wet dream for Bills fans, um, <laughs> you know, quarterback does good and then, you know, does something nice. Um, but let's let's go to our. Our resident uh, poo-pooer, uh, our resident um, douser of water, the fire, the fireman, as we call him, because he's here to pull out his big hose and just cool off the fire <laughs> that is the Josh Allen contract. Scott, why do you hate this contract, and why do you hate football in life? And please don't pull out your big hose while on video. Understood. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'm just going to say, I mean— how much do you guys know about the children at the children's hospital? I mean, 
I know like, they're really sick, and I just would be really careful about whatever joke they're about to make. <laughs> I'm not making any jokes. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm just asking questions. That's all That's all news is right now, It's just asking questions in this kind of tone of voice that makes you think that maybe I know something. But, yeah. but you can't really – it's not slander because I'm not actually – Accusing anyone of anything? Yeah, throw those alleged in there, and you can you can say just about anything. (laughs) I am am obligated by law to jump in with a very quick twenty second story of us at work preparing cards uh, that we were going to give to children over the holidays uh, back in twenty nineteen, and one of my colleagues did not realize that these were going to sick children at the National Children's Center, and had written, "Hey, have a great Christmas. Hope it's sick." Uh, Well, I'm glad you proofread it. Yeah, thankfully we okay. pulled that card before it went to the yeah, hospital. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Pull that out of circulation. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Frank obviously gets a good point in terms of like, yeah, those those big years down the road, like, yeah, it's kind of insane to think about on some level, like, if you even went like three or four years back, fifty million dollars would be like a third of the bill's cap. Yeah. I think the theory also is that this is this is in some ways the best, you know. I don't say the best possible deal for the Bills. The best possible deal for the Bills is Josh Allen takes the veteran minimum for the rest of his career. <laughs> right. Um, that would be awesome. I think that's out of reach probably for the best. And I think what it, what, what it is, is is that then you get to the – once you get past this next season where the cap was basically flat, if not you know a small increase, it gets you to the point where in those future years the, the new TV deal comes in the big new package of money comes in and then the the cap starts rising at the kind of previous astronomic rate where literally just within two or three years contracts that were, um, you know, huge impacts on the cap end up being actually pretty manageable because the cap just keeps going up and there's, that gives you more room to play. So, you know, obviously it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good deal all around. I mean, you know, it's not Mahomes money. I think Mahomes gets Mahomes money because he, he won the MVP and he won the Super Bowl. So I think as much as like, I think Josh can do both of those things. Like the proof is in the pudding, like Mahomes already did it. So the bills had right to say, well, we can't really pay you Mahomes money because you haven't actually won the Super Bowl yet. And I feel like Josh can't really argue with that. I don't feel like that's a huge, he's not, I don't think he should be put out by that because we still made him the highest, second highest paid quarterback in the league functionally. And He's getting the same amount of guaranteed money that Mahomes is um, because Mahomes' ridiculous $500 million contract is whole. It's basically like a five-year contract where the second half is all kind of funny money. Everybody has it out. No idea if it's actually going to get there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's a good deal all around. I'm excited for him to be on the team. I, as excited as I can get about someone being on the team, which is admittedly minimal. Um, I mean, just because it's just – my, you know, careful heart must be protected. Um, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I just, mean, go ahead, Frank. Oh, I just, I was looking at Spotrac because I was curious. It says three people are signed for 2025 right now, but it looks like there are actually only two. And it is Josh Allen and Trey White who are accounting for the $67 million um, already spent in 2025. I was just kind of looking at it going, oh, who's the third player? But I can't find the third player. But I thought that was interesting that, you know, 
we I've I've seen years where it's like, oh great, we're down to like we're gonna finally get out of this cap hell. We're down to ten mm-hmm. people and are 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 we're at forty three million dollars. I remember days like that. And here we are at sixty seven million. But I mean, not a bad way to spend sixty seven million in twenty twenty five money. Um, but I did I, I feel like I've derailed it a bit, Paul. So go ahead. No, that was a good point. I checked to uh, I, I cross checked with over the cap just now, and they also only list two. They list Josh and Trey for that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Scott did not do his usual poo pooing, I'll do my best to poo poo this, even though my ultimate conclusion is going to be the the same. The Sean McDermott said in his press conference after this, or it might have been Brandon Bean, there is some risk on both sides. What that risk is is, of course, Josh has had one great NFL season. But, you know, leading up to that two average and uh, an average NFL season, then a subpar NFL season before that. So to give someone one hundred fifty million dollars of guaranteed money is a risk. That said, where Josh's risk is taking and and Scott was alluding to this uh, a bit at one point, by the time he's in his age 28 season and he is, you know, it's just twenty twenty four and he's making a base of, uh, you know, 34, 35 million dollars. It says his cap number will be 41 that year. He could be a Super Bowl winning QB, an MVP winning QB, and maybe not even among the top 20 paid QBs by that point because of how the Bills have structured this salary. And so he will not have fully gotten his value. So there is risk as there is any time you sign a player to a contract after they've only played in the NFL three seasons. So it, it has to be a good four years for the Bills, at least, because they can't get out of contract for four years. It can't be a Carson Wentz situation, which is the one that I think would probably scare. If any Bills fans are scared about this contract, that's that's the reference point you make where all of a sudden it's an allegedly untradeable contract. Though Philly managed to trade it somehow. Thank you, uh, Indianapolis, for that, um, if you're an Eagles fan. But let's 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 be honest, too. Josh Allen's best season is not... Blake Bortles' best season. It is not Ryan Tannehill's best season. Those guys who are awarded with second contracts they hadn't earned based on average at best performances uh, with their respective teams in Jacksonville and Miami at the, at the time. Josh's season was a near MVP season, and it did not look like a flukish season because we all saw him develop. We saw him get better from college to the pros year one. We saw him get better from year one to year two. And we saw the huge leap from year two to year three. He could flatten out. He could regress. He could regress a little bit as a QB and they could still win it all with him. He was that good last season. So I think this was uh, a great deal to to be realistic. It's going to help. Scott talked about the way the cap's going to evolve in the coming years, especially once the new TV deal hits at the end of next season and we're out of the pandemic season and the effects that that had on the bottom line numbers. So that's going to help them with cap flexibility. As Frank mentioned, the two guys they have under contract in 2025 now are your number one all pro cornerback and your second team all pro quarterback who was, you know, second in MVP voting last year. Those are the two guys you want under contract, not, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick with a $25 million cap hit. I love Ryan. But when Frank was talking about, oh, I can't wait till we're finally out from under this contract, I was thinking about the year where Stevie and Fitz and all these people were, they just took these huge cap hits. And I think the Bills then again, what was it, in 2018, that Eric Wood's salary, mm-hmm. that all these salaries, it was something like 55 or $60 million in dead money on the cap. 
Now they're paying the players who deserve to be paid, who've proven they can be paid. And now, you know, we don't have to talk about this, this at all going into next year. And I'm confident that Josh will live up to that deal. And, and in great news for Buffalo today that I retweeted earlier, the population of Buffalo, uh, the census data leaks out, has gone up for the first time in 70 years. So we are about to have some more Bills fans who can get on the Josh Allen bandwagon and, right. and welcome them. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy with this contract. Cool. I it's it's a I think that the way I, I have thought about this is apart from a Cartesian sort of doubt where you know, everything is suspect and nothing is for certain. And we live in the Arby's world of, you know, chaos. Um, then, you know, what were you going to say looking at Josh Allen from last year? And, and I think Paul points out the year before I would rate his second year as a good year, maybe better than average. But but I, I take the point that it wasn't last year. Um, and last year we kept sort of waiting for the bad game and the bad game never came. Really, he had basically really good games throughout the year. Um, I think there, you know what, there yeah, was Tennessee one. was his only quote unquote bad game. Yeah. One of his two picks was the one where Andre Roberts tipped it up into the guy's hands and the whole team played like shit that day. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the other time was against Kansas city in the AFC championship game. And okay, you're playing the best team in, yeah. in, in the league as it turns out. Um, and so to me, looking at last year, the only reason you don't want to sign a contract with Josh Allen is if you're not sure if he's the guy. Well, based on any metric you can think of other than last year was a fluke, he was the guy. And you decided you're going to roll with him. And I think that's one of those things that, like, he was tied to Bean and McDermott anyway, right? I was reading a lot about or hearing a lot about, like, well, does this change the calculus on, you know, expectations for Allen, you know, now that he's being paid, is it different for him? Because now all that money comes with expectations. And I think the answer is kind of no, because after last year, the expectations were all there. He already set himself up for the expectations by having a spectacular MVP vote worthy year and getting to the AFC championship game and doing a lot of that stuff himself. You know, certainly it's a better team and that helped a lot and you need a good team to get to the Super Bowl, but his expectations were already set whether he was getting paid or not. There's not a world in which they have a bad year this year or he has a bad year this year and I'm going, well, he's still young. No, that's over. That's gone. So now that that's gone, you might as well pay the guy. Unless you unless you think for some reason that he's not going to be the guy, which again, there wasn't any real reason to last year other than, you know, everything is uncertain, which ultimately is a great thing to do, a great thing to think about in college and to talk about at parties when you're trying to get laid. Probably, Well, maybe not when you're trying to get laid. That's probably why I didn't get laid. But um, <laughs> but I mean, like, that's college coffee house talk. OK, <clears throat> and it's cool and it's important, but it's also like at some point you got to make a decision. And to me. I don't know that you could have made a better decision. I'm sure that his price goes up from here if you wait longer, um, or at least I hope so, knock on wood, you know. Um, but I think that, that they, they made a good deal. It's a good move. There is risk on all parts, uh, and such is life. I'd like to turn briefly to camp. Um, there are camp battles or babbles, 
Yeah, I put I put training camp just babbling about training camp, but battles works too because we were going to. That's talk good because the, I wasn't sure which one it was. I thought maybe it was battle, but babble works too. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there are, are always layers in my agenda, even yes. if you know, even, even if, the if, fans if, even if I don't intend them, they're there. So um, let's talk about camp and let's talk about uh, Christian Wade's, which I'm going to call the Christian Wade rule change, yeah. um, uh, which is this thing with the international players, um, but. It sounds like there is some stuff at wide receiver happening. Mm-hmm. I think I heard that AJ Epinesa had a good day one day. Um, Starla Tulele is getting some nice reviews. Um, Jake Kumarau, still the darling, um, even though he's wide receiver, already said that. Um, the defense came back a little once they put pad on, pads on, which was nice. Um, and my favorite thing from camp has been watching Josh Allen just do the drill where he runs back and forth and throws the ball really far. And it goes in that little hole. That's about the size of a football about 25 yards away. I I think that's amazing. I'm sure that lots of quarterbacks can do that, but I think it's really great that like every time they, I mean, they're obviously not showing a lot of the times that he might miss, but I think it's also great that he can just do that and like whip it into like the middle hole or the top hole or whichever hole he wants to. I'm thrilled with that. Um, Those are my impressions of camp. I'm also excited that it doesn't seem like anybody has been seriously injured, even though people have been limited at different times with injuries, but nothing that seems detrimental. Uh, Scott, do you have camp thoughts and or um, did you pay attention to this Christian Wade rule change at all? I mean, it is interesting. I, I kind of wonder, like, how much were the because that's the thing. The NFL is ultimately a consortium of 32 people and those 32 people and their kind of co-owners and other, you know, associated shareholders, et cetera, get to decide what the rules are. Um, so it's not like, Oh great. This rule suddenly came in. Like I would almost certainly assume that the bills were lobbying heavy. Like, Hey, we, there's no reason not to do this. Like we're in COVID times. We need more bodies on the roster in general. You know, this is we're growing the game internationally. Like, let's just go ahead and, you know, try and push on this. And I obviously I hope it I hope it works out um, in terms of Christian Wade and everybody else who can um, get a piece of that kind of um, international pie, so to speak. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think I'm I think I'm a little interested by where the where the sound is coming from that sounds like someone's pulling stuff <laughs> oh that's my that's my sorry that's my brace it was it was killing my my, my hand sorry okay all right i'll believe myself as i fix as i fix my brace i am listening sorry yeah no i i don't doubt that you are yes i know you need to tend to your mother rest or whatever um it's like your mother box it's like you just you need it otherwise oh, nice, nice call. out of control yeah <laughs> ping um, ping ping yep <laughs> the uh so what was I going to say? The I think the, the the battle or babble that we could discuss that I'm interested in is the running back situation a little bit because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's been some interesting like Antonio Williams had a nice day at the scrimmage kind of and Brita obviously gives the the team a completely different kind of skill pack as opposed to kind of the thunder and thunder approach of Singletary and Moss a little bit <laughs> last year where they had kind of I don't say exactly similar skill sets but the venn diagrams thunder and sideways thunder (laughs) yeah (laughs) they overlapped a lot seemingly the venn diagrams of of the uh the circles of zach moss and devin singletary and i think we'd be a little better place if you know 
we don't end up with I'm trying to remember. So Yeldon off the roster? Yes, Yeldon is Yeldon is not on any team's roster at this point in time. Okay. We added um, Brida was the addition. Yeah, we have Brida and then we have Antonio Williams who who obviously had a good game, not only in the, the little scrimmage, but obviously had a good game against the Dolphins where he, he ran very hard and, and showed a lot of um you know, of a fight for someone who had no reason to show fight other than to prove that he had a place in the league on some level. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens with that. Like I, last year we kept three backs going into this season. I think we had four. We had Moss, Singletary, Yeldon, and Taiwan Jones, Jones. who we can't forget about is he will very rarely get a carry, him, but he, he might brought need, him back you know. after the Houston game. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, after he ended our season, we decide like better, you know, make make better mm-hmm. him as a friend than an enemy. Yeah, exactly. So is and Jones is not on the roster this year either. He is, yeah, he's back. Oh, they yeah. resigned him okay. for uh, special teams, but not but, Patrick Demarco. Right, not Demarco. So we have you. You've pretty much the if if you had to predict it today, the technical. I think the Bills' official depth chart had Singletary, then Moss, then Breida, then Jones, then Williams, then Wade. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, you've got Wade, who is the the kind of arguably probably the guy who might be the fastest of all of them. I know I know Brita is very fast. Um, so he might might have that crown and that obviously makes it tough for Wade to kind of now be the fastest running back and have that be his his thing that gets him into the gets him into the running. But I guess I I'm interested to see how the running back depth chart shakes out for one, as well as who actually ends up being on the team when it gets into the uh, when it gets into cut time. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I would. I like the folks on the running back and you can tie in the, the Wade situation together with that, as, as Frank was uh, hinting at here by combining those those agenda items. I think that's the right approach. I did check the NFL is having the same practice squad rules, the expanded practice squad that they did during COVID year. Uh, so that is great news and that you can have more people on the practice squad. Christian Wade and F.A. Obad are two of the 14 players in the uh, NFL International Players Program this year. And I think, yeah, you, this is now important for the running back position because we've seen injuries before. I remember a year where it's like, oh, they've got Jackson and Spiller. And then three weeks into the season, it's Booby Dixon and Bryce Brown with, you know, some guy named Ford is the third string guy. And then they both got hurt during the game. Running back is a position that is gets beat up pretty, pretty regularly. We saw Moss miss most of the season, most of the postseason last year. We see he's out now with a hamstring injury. So many injuries there to have. The, the rule is now going to allow you to keep a guy like Christian Wade in your back pocket. Yes, he will have to be cut to get there, but he's been cut twice before in 2019 and 2020, and still been able to be stashed on the practice squad as an international player who could not be elevated. Now he's an international player who can be elevated. And again, I am the readily admit I'm a Christian Wade Stan, just especially you root for the underdog, the international guy, the rugby star. And he had that one great carry the first time he touched the ball in the NFL in the preseason. So I'd like to see that. He can Um, be poached though. He can, that's the only problem. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, he can be poached. I think you have to hope that he does Good in the preseason, but not great. The preseason is going to play a big role. Like if he does what he does in the preseason, someone's probably going to poach him for their 53, you know? Yeah. So we wanted to do good, but not great in the preseason, but look exceptional in practice so that only the Bills know how good he's been doing. 
and then you stash him there. And then if he's great when you elevate him to the active roster and someone else becomes expendable, so be it. You know, that's that's how things things work in the league. So we'll see how things develop on that front. Um, since Scott focused on, I'm going to focus on the FA Obata uh, situation then too, uh, because my focus with, since Scott kind of covered the running backs, I want to talk about the defensive line briefly in the camp battles, because they have 74 defensive linemen on this yes. roster of 90 players. It is absurd. And when you look at who you might cut, I've been reading numerous articles. The athletic has been talking about all the guys you have on this defensive line and what you're going to do with them. This now adds some interest to the Obata Daryl Johnson battle because special teams coach Heath Firewell has told people whenever the special teams coaches from other teams come up to him before the game to chat, they're always asking about Daryl Johnson, where they found him and what he did. And that's extremely valuable. We look at the pass rushing, what's been done in camp so far. Johnson's had some moments, but FA, uh, FA, I got to pronounce his last name correctly, Obata. I got to stop calling him Obata. Uh, FA Obata. He's done a really great job on pass rushing, not just against the backups, but against the starters as well. And so then you have guys like Mike Love and other guys who have shown well. I I feel bad that Brian Cox got junior, got his injury, but he had no chance in this roster. And he did decent in his showing on the active roster last year. So I think you legitimately are looking. Do you keep 10, maybe even 11 defensive linemen? I've read multiple articles that say you might have to do that because of who you have on the interior. If you don't do that, then a guy like Harrison Phillips is going or a guy like Justin Zimmer is going or Vernon Butler, you know, and that's not a great contract situation to let go of Vernon Butler and take that dead cap hit after you restructured this year with the idea that, that he'd be there. And then on the outside, you're not only talking about, uh, Frank had mentioned Epinesa's performance so far being very good and how much weight he's put on. You've seen Basham's been a mild disappointment, but you know it's early in camp of a second round pick and Rousseau has done better than expected. So what does that do in the regular season? I'm guessing all of those people are on the roster, but what does that do to playing time? Are Hughes and Addison going to be out there half the time? Is it going to be 70% of the time? Or is it going to be a youth movement? You know, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with those back end roster spots. If we do have, if do Johnson and Obada both make the team, do Phillips and Zimmer and Butler, they can't all possibly make the team. Can they? So we've seen those battles in camp and it'll be interesting to see what develops as, you know, the preseason games go on, if there's any clarity there. Uh, so I've covered one position. Well, we'll leave it up to Frank to cover whatever other training camp battle or battle he wants to. No, I mean, I sort of I sort of started with my light topic, and I think that you're right. And I think that one of the things that we'll we'll find out about, especially after the Detroit game, I think by Tuesday they have to cut down some players. Yep, 85 um, by Tuesday. Well, maybe not in this round, but certainly by the second time. Some good players are going to be out of a job with the Bills anyway. And so we'll have to keep an eye on on what that is. Um, I didn't the, even bring up, we didn't even bring up trades. They could trade some people like they did with Russ Bodine, like they did with Wyatt Teller, which was unfortunate, but you know, right. that stuff always happens too. It do indeed. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. And I think that will be a meteor topic for maybe next week. I, guys, we might be in our, in, 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 uh, in weekly podcasting land here as we, as the yeah. preseason starts very soon. Um, which means we have to put another chunk debt into a chunk of a dent into our off-season staple, uh, Scott's wacky schedule, uh, which I mistakenly said would end this week. This is only part three of four, so um, you get a no prize, as Marvel would say, if you 
if you noticed that and sent us the information. But Scott, what did you, uh, what wackiness do you have for us this week? So we will uh, move to our schedule. We have starting with the um, the Colts game, which is at home. So obviously this rivalry has taken on a bit of a, uh, it's turning into a, a little bit of an interesting rivalry. Obviously we had the Bills win a close game at home uh, last year and in the playoffs, yep. a lot on the line, obviously. So this year, um, things kind of take a turn. This rivalry gets a little more personal. Basically, roughly the Friday night before the game, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, the Colts, in this situation, just, just go with me, the Colts are metaphorically a single person, let's just say. So the entire kind of Colts organization embodied in a single person. So shall we and, call them the Indianapolis Colt, perhaps? Uh, you could. I mean, okay. it, it's it, the Colts. One the person Colts, the idea. I think the important thing to, to go to understand is going into the game Sunday, based on the events of Friday night, what will transpire is, is that the Colts um, had believed it up until that point that they were in a loving and committed relationship with their partner. And the uh. Friday night, the partner did, you know, there was a couple of drinks. The Colts went home early. The Bills were kind of hanging around. There was a little bit of more drinking. There was some giggling. There's a little flirting. And yada, 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 the Bills slept with the Colts' wife two days before the game okay so now the colts in addition to having to deal with what happened last year in the playoffs now we're going to have to deal with the bills having engaged in um intimate relations with their partner mm. on the the eve of the game and i wonder how they're how wonder how that affects the game and both teams to be fair so uh why don't we I'm going to say let's 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 kick this over to uh, let's kick this over to Frank. See what he thinks about this. Frank, is, yeah. is this an area of expertise for you? Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> you know, you joke and then people are going to think there's some inside joke no, there's, that there's, we're all laughing about. Like, no, that we're right. just raggedy, Frank. Okay. Galore. It's just, uh, it was, I, it's just, should we just stop the tape? And we'll just come no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. I idea. mean, I don't want to. So take just, your day. If you want to take a dig, I'm ready. I'm know. just going to say, like, I am not the person who's come to the pre-show of this podcast and said, well, this person who's married kept talking to me at work, and, you know, <laughs> and, and so, like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just let's just not throw any <laughs> knives or arrows at anybody um, because as okay. it turns out we're all really good people who are moral and value Stop our it. marriages. Stop this. Stop this. <laughs> I'm just saying if you were to look at the single life of any three of us <laughs> it's remarkable that I would be singled out. Okay. Um okay. Uh look you guys know I'm a comic book fan. 
I'm a big comic book fan and I'm a wrestling fan. And I think if there's one thing that ultimately happens uh, with some exceptions in comic books and wrestling, but ultimately uh, this is storytelling mechanisms. It's their morality plays and the good guy has to win and the bad guy has to be punished. And I'm sorry, Bills, if you slept with the Colt's wife, you're done in my book. And I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the guilt that's going to get you. I don't know if it I don't know if it's the if it's the exhaustion physically from not getting a good night's sleep night before. Um, uh, but I think that and, and you know what? Here's the thing. If you don't lose now, you're going to lose later. And you, I think you'd rather just lose now than, you know, this is like some bad pay-per-view. And then in, in WrestleMania is the playoffs and, you know, you, you're going to lose there. Um but I don't know, man. I'm going to have to go with the Colts here, and I'm really sort of disappointed, and I'm probably writing some tweets about this. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed in the Bills and how they acted. And uh, I'm going to, you know, and and if uh, if you disagree with me, you're a terrible person. So there you go. Um, Frank's taking was, the L now because the only thing that would, yeah, like it would be even worse on some level in the morality play that is the story of like the Bills win this game and then, right, and then we all laugh the playoffs. Yeah. Right. We see them again in the playoffs, and then it's like, oh, no. Right. Now you, really now you set up. yourself up for the real loss as yeah. opposed to, <laughs> yeah. now take your L now, let's get out of this story and move on. Yes. Yeah, the redemptive arc is more damaging at that point. Yeah. Yes, that's that's my position. So I'm going to say – I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say Colts in a close one and as a lingering effect – a non-quarterback, but a good player is out for a few weeks with a minor injury. I think that's the ultimate, you know, it's it's a stinger. It's a stinger. And an injury to insult. Okay. I, precisely. Yes. So that's okay. that's my that's my take. Wow. So interesting right. that, that Frank's Frank's take involves there being justice on Earth, like this, like <laughs> life is a Marvel movie. <laughs> but I don't always think that that is the the case. That bad karma will befall the Bills. We are. Frank is making a leap, I feel, by assuming that the Bills are genuinely a good person and will feel guilt and will not have their head in the game because of it, knowing they're in the wrong and will uh, be punished for it, uh, therefore, as a result. I don't know if the Bills are a good person in the scenario. Yeah, I had a few drinks. Things got out of hand. Is that a common occurrence for the Bills? Does it, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I'm glad Frank brought WrestleMania into this or wrestling in general, because you have to bring up the situation with Matt Hardy and Edge from yeah. 20 some years ago, where what happens, Matt Hardy is with his longtime girlfriend, uh, Lita, unbeknownst to him, Edge and Lita are sleeping together. So the WWE in real life, in real life. Yes. This, this was not a this was not a faux drama made up by World Wrestling. angle. Yes. Yes. Uh, so hilariously, WWE being who they are, decide to fire Matt Hardy and the friends are like, what the hell? Are you? So the uproar leads them to rehiring Matt Hardy and then jobbing him out to edge, uh, to make edge this ultimate villain in the name of drama. When in real life, Matt Hardy is of course, I'm sure really broken about all, no pun intended. <laughs> I really didn't mean that to be a pun really broken about what had happened between Edge and Lita, and yet he's also going to go out there and be a professional and have these great <laughs> matches with Edge, but where he ultimately ends up on um, the losing side of the the feud. So I don't know if there's justice in the world, and I think ultimately uh, there might be a reason the Colts' wife looked at the Bills a certain way uh, at the bar. 
And I think the Bills are are going to take this one. And I think the Colts are going to uh, be losers than the rest of the year. I don't I'd think like the Colts to are... just quickly point out that the fellow who has been going to church longer than any of us <laughs> just uttered the sentence, there was a reason the Colts' wife looked at the Bills that way. Scott. <laughs> this is the same podcaster who, after last week's podcast, immediately changed in nice clothes and went to Latin Mass and Holy Power. <laughs> Where the priest said, hey, you know, it's not cheating if your wife looks at some other man like that. <laughs> That's very Catholic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I literally have a, a cross in one hand and a statue of St. Joseph in the other right now. That's all. Yeah. Which I'm not making up. Oh, so it's a light day. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott, you are the King David of all wacky schedules. So, Please divide our baby and help. Yes. So I, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed in Frank because it certainly is. The traditional morality play, as Frank points out. But is that where we are as a society right now, Frank? <laughs> Does the woman not have agency in this scenario? Is she not a grown woman capable of making her own choices? If she feels like she's in a position to make her own choices and wants to take a step that she's obviously you know, perfectly capable of realizing, has a risk of damaging her relationship with her partner, I feel like that's, that's her choice. I feel I'm like really the, worried. I'm really worried that you two are trying to tell me my wife is cheating on me, and I and I'm just gonna go upstairs <laughs> and check while Scott finishes this prediction. Um, <laughs> She's uh, not. Yeah, 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 it, it, it's been lost, a it's it's been a pandemic. The last five I, minutes. Yeah. In the lot. <laughs> just it never got. Oh, weird. It just skipped over that section. Well, uh, we'll, get, we'll get you guys I, that I'm not later. sure whether Frank and I should be thrilled that you brought up the scenario or livid with you. Because it's made for some entertaining yeah. discussion. But it's also made for some discussion. <laughs> this is fine. No, this is fine. Burning coffee dog. It's This is fine. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a different podcast next week. Well, guys, how are you doing? Well, it's well, my sixth day here at the Holiday Inn. Uh, <laughs> No, Susan will do the podcast. She'll just be like, nope, I I got the podcast in the settlement. Sorry, everybody. And she's a Colts fan. Thanks a lot. Well, oh, she grew up it. a Colts fan. She's a Bills yeah. fan now, but she's a Colts fan. Okay. Yeah. All um, right, we want to move on? Yeah, so you're picking the – you're you are you picking yeah, the Bills so the, too? Yeah, the Bills win. The Bills win. Yeah. Colts don't have their head in the game. And, yeah, ultimately, you know – that's good. So, so just just to be clear, the two people who picked the bills, their reasons were she was asking for it, and the other guy said, <laughs> the other side guy said because feminism, Frank, feminism, <laughs> bills win. Okay, I'll That's just stay over means, here. Right? I guess I'm the only one who cares about the sanctity of marriage on this podcast. <laughs> Moving on, uh, <laughs> the Bill Saints. The next week, the big thing. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Saints Did you do this intentionally so the Saints game was the next game? No, I had a theme, but it, the, the Saints thing didn't occur to me until you guys started laughing. So I'll, okay. I'll say that. Saints um, and Sinners part two. Here we go. Yeah. No, the uh, so the Bills and the Saints, of course, the Thanksgiving Day game this year. Uh, I, I don't I don't think we did this last year because we also had the Thanksgiving Day game. Last year, correct? Right? Cowboys game? That was fun. Uh, 2019 was the Cowboys game. Excuse me. Game. 2019. Um, that was fun that year, too. Um, but this year, uh, if we did whatever, this year, um, Bill Saints 
everyone has too much turkey for dinner. This isn't the tryptophan game. I think last two, two seasons ago we did tryptophan. Yeah. yeah. I think this one is everyone is now 400 pounds for this game. Ooh. Mm. We will start with we will start with Paul. Yeah. Oh wow, that changes that certainly changes things. Uh first of all, I will say I'm going to briefly uh turn my camera on so you can see I was not making up that there's a saint, my favorite saint. Oh, very saint good. Joseph. Uh, you know, hangs out it's patron saint of workers, hangs out on my desk uh to make sure I'm I'm staying on task during the workday. Uh, so 400 pounders. Man, if the Bills only had Calvin Benjamin, this would be close to a real life scenario at this point with our 400 pound wide receiver. Uh, let's see. This is going to be a. Uh, this is really tough to know what criterion should be used to distinguish what will make one team better than the other in this situation when all people are now 400 pounds. Who would be least affected? First of all, Josh Allen is a very big guy for a quarterback, and he's tall. So I think the Bills have the advantage of quarterback in this game, just by virtue of the fact that he plays bigger than he is. He's young. You know, his his joints will not be too badly afflicted by this. And I think the Bills having a young backfield on offense will, will help as well. So having 400 pounds of weight for one day will less likely affect the knees and elbows of people like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. The Bills receiving game really suffers here. I mean, Cole Beasley, you look at pounds per inch, you know, he's going to have some higher time getting that usual separation. So I think the passing game really struggles for the, uh, the, the Bills here. Uh, no changes up front, I can't imagine. I think this is going to be, you just add about 80 pounds to the guys on offense and about 100, 105 to the guys on defense, except the interior lineman, you add about 80 pounds to, and that's going to be the same. I think this is going to hurt the Bills defensively, though. I think they depend on their linebackers with Edmonds and Milano to be sideline to sideline guys. I think guys like, you know, Micah High playing free safety and getting his, his vertical on hurts. I think the Bills are going to be more disadvantaged by this than the Saints will be disadvantaged by this, except at the quarterback and running back positions. So based on that uh, irrefutable, I'm kidding, it's extraordinarily refutable logic, I'm going to say the the Saints take this one. Ooh. Yeah, I'm very worried about somebody falling over and dying because of, you know, strain on their heart they weren't prepared for. Um, yeah, there could be I, a lot of heart attacks. There <laughs> could be, there could be. I think that, I think it's that time of the season though, guys, because if everything is new, the, the thing is like, you could do some deep math about which team was in better shape and better, and they would be hurt more because presumably their physicality would not sustain them. And, you know, like you're saying, like a running back and a quarterback are going to add a lot more weight than a lineman. And so those areas are going to have a harder time. I think this game, I have a feeling this game ends in a tie because I'm not sure anybody can score if the whole team on both sides is 400 pounds. I think that there is some real, like a real chance that like nobody comes back out after halftime and then they're just. Yeah, like, it's, it's going to be bad football in the fourth quarter. I don't think that's it's, disputable at this point. I yeah. can't even imagine it's going to be very good football in the second and first <laughs> quarter, but I'm like hopeful that they can even make it out for the fourth quarter. And so let's assume they do. Let's assume that some of the scenario, you know, allows them to live and manage to get through the game. Um, and part of me just wonders if anybody can score. Um, but I'm not going to pick a tie. I'm going to say this is my game where I say at the end of the day, it's a football game. And 
the excessive if everybody's overweight equally then i assume that the skill level of the bills is still better than the skill level of the saints and i choose the bills because they um because they are just the better team and hopefully that maintains despite the additional weight okay frank is correct bills come right. out bills come out on top again i think uh, paul paul hit the one of the correct points that josh allen obviously big guy has the frame i don't say he's going to be a comfortable at 400 pounds 400 pounds but he's certainly going to be able to kind of still be able to do a little thing. I think the, the Saints are going to be relying a lot more on a run game with, uh, with Drew Brees having retired. You know, obviously Alvin Kamara would normally be the, the kind of the lead back. But with him at 400 pounds, it just is going to be asking a lot for him to get things done. Same thing with Michael Thomas. I'm not sure. You know, obviously the Bills passing attack will be slowed down as well. It is going to be a, a, a definitely a low scoring game. Be really interesting to see what uh, uh, what's our boy Tyler Bass looks like at four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I because I, I was thinking about a field goal, but a, a good God, I don't know. I mean, like if he could, if he could get on. Well, no the one's going to block it and, though, because no rusher is going to be able to come in off the edge and no one's going to jump high enough. Yeah, but could he get his leg to move? Yeah. Like if he if he if he swings all the way now now the four hundred pounds is all on one leg. That's true. A, that's, so that's a like yeah, he awful. Might, he, he might only get one. He might only get one. <laughs> but mass and then equals they put force, him down on the force. force. <laughs> I was gonna say force equals uh, mass times acceleration. Yeah. So a big four hundred pound Tyler Bass, who's already got a pretty good cannon on him. I don't think the Bills need to get to like they need to get to like their own thirty yard line. And they might be able to 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 get have him get get us an an eighty yard field goal at this point to win the game. So yeah, I'll put it at uh, I'll put it at three nothing bells. We're moving on. <laughs> okay. um, we have the week following that, if I'm not mistaken, is the New England Patriots playing the Buffalo Bills. And our choice for this particular wacky schedule is a man so possessed with uh, with winning that he cannot allow even uh, 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 he cannot allow one of his previous conquests to be unsell to be sullied. Uh, Tom Brady returns to the New England Patriots for one week before he plays them, not more than a week later in our very next game, um, but plays uh, for the for the New England Patriots. So it would be the New England Patriots with Tom Brady versus the Bills. The Bills being at home uh, in a Monday uh, night too. In a Monday night game. Yep. Uh, Mike turned to go with, first. Yeah. So he, he yeah. gets the week of practice in with Bill? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like the immediate depression wave that goes over <laughs> Frank and I when we come. It's, yep. It is immediately hard to pick against Tom Brady. <laughs> um, I don't think I can do it. I, and that's that. You know what? That might that we talk about the two hundred and fifty-eight million dollar contract, right? Maybe that's the question you have to ask yourself. Maybe that's the hypothetical they put to Brandon Bean and Terry Pagula and McDermott, and they say, okay, we we can pay him. But here's what you got to say: the answer you got to answer yes to this question. If 
Tom Brady came back to the Patriots tomorrow and played for them. Could Josh Allen and the Bills beat them? And I think that whole room just goes, shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I can. Um, I'm going to vomit. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. <laughs> I can't even say it. Can we can we assume what your prediction is then without you saying it so that way yeah, we don't want throwing up. It's just the ghost of look, I, I am haunted by the ghost of football past and I can't bring myself to pick the bills and I don't I don't wanna say the other thing. Like I yeah. like in all seriousness, like I, I could go through a a reasoned explanation why the Bills would still be the better football team. And Josh Allen is certainly not the same Josh Allen that w- was playing Tom Brady two and three years ago. And the offense is much better. And I think that this would be a team that could beat a Tom Brady team. And if they want to win a Super Bowl, there's a good chance that they'll have to beat a Tom Brady team. But I'm not ready to say <laughs> I think I think that's just one of those things I'm going to have to see. And uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm faithless and, and forgive me for my sin. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, the uh, the last Bills quarterback to beat Tom Brady was Kyle Orton. Uh, and that was only when Brady played half a game. Last time anyone beat him in a full game was Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it's it's been a bit. I will take on the optimistic side that in 2019, the Bills played the Patriots extraordinarily tough in both those games. And that was when... Josh Allen was not the quarterback he is now, and when the Bills weren't as strong as they are now, they did not have Stephon Diggs. Their younger players were still uh, young. So on a team-wide basis, the Bills are stronger than those 2019 Bills teams. So essentially, you'd be taking the 2020 Patriots, adding Tom Brady, adding some of their opt-out guys and their draft picks and free agency signings and putting them against the Bills. And, And yeah, Monday night against Brady, I mean, I, 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 I'm with Frank. I just don't see it. I, I'd love to see it. I could fantasize about it, maybe. But ultimately, this feels like one of those days where I take the Tuesday off of work in anticipation of just being totally uh, functionless the next day because they figured out some way uh, with, you know, 15 seconds left and up by 10 and a Tom Brady 80-yard scramble followed by a Christian Wade fumbled kickoff and a quick Tom Brady scramble for a touchdown again. And Tom Brady has his first career hundred yard rushing game. That's, that's kind of how I would see that rolling. So, yeah. Didn't we have a discussion at some point? I feel like it was Frank was like, yeah, I don't feel like I need to beat Tom Brady. I feel like, I feel like he, like, I don't like, I'm not trying to remember what that conversation was. Who's bad take, huh? It was, yeah, it, no, it's just so, I mean, I mean, I think that's the thing Coming that up shows now. like, shows like how, how, how crazy it is. Like we, we are not capable of picking the bills in a mythical game that will never actually happen. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like there are literally no stakes <laughs> other than just our own pride. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, I understand it. I, I feel like I'd be okay picking the I would kind of want to see how the defense is doing this year because the defense does kind of need to, 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 to play well. Cause obviously the Pats had better weapons this year than they would have had last year. Um, but that, that game, uh, the first game against the Pats last year was not uh, a pushover. So, uh, and that was with Cam Newton, you know, the, the corpse yeah. of Cam Newton out there. 
So uh, it was so yeah, it was I could Justin see Zimmer the Justin Zimmer game, yeah. I certainly could see the Pats winning. I, I think I still might pick the Bills, but but uh, yeah, I, I take the point that it's certainly tough mentally. But uh, yeah, okay. And then our final game. Um, so I have this one. So I was able to find on some random site. Um, famous last words. Bookies.com. A line on the Bills Buccaneers game, which says that Tampa Bay is a four point favorite. So Tampa Bay is a four point favorite in the game. The one thing that one would need to know before picking this game that I have allowed you to tell you to know, and that makes it a wacky schedule, is that Mr. Tom Brady, um, a completely different universe, all right? So we are not. Assuming that right, he, he doesn't have to fly field. back from New England and get reacquainted. Yeah, that was a this we're in a different multiverse here. Yeah, um, you know th- this is a different variant. Tom Brady's shaving points in this game. Hmm. All right, wow. Blue so chips. he is, so he is, he is, he is basically picking the Bills to cover against the Pats. Pats, or excuse me, not the Pats. I did it myself. Bucks, yeah, the Bucks. So he's picking. So he is. He's put a very sizable bet, a very sizable bet, a Tom Brady level bet. Let's just put it that way. He goes all in on things. Let's just. I think that's pretty clear. When he commits to something, he commits to something. Right. He doesn't this half ass anything. Say what no. you want about the man. Yes. Yeah. Full this, ass and everything. Yes. So he has made a Tom Brady level bet that the Bills would cover this, seeing a lot of the action go the other ways, and obviously he knows. He knows he's in control of what's going on here. So obviously he does it through cutouts. The, no one else is aware. Da, da 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 But in his head, that's his goal. Or that's that's he knows he's got a lot riding on this game and not just a playoff spot potentially. So this one goes to, to Paul first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like the Joe Jackson of our era. Say it ain't so, Tom. Boy, this is this is a tough one. It's it's such a balance. He does want to I feel like this is an ultimate challenge for for him. Spend a lot of money, uh, something you can control, which is, like, let's face it, Tom Brady can easily make it so that the Bucs don't win by four that game. There's no doubt about that. He could just play so mind-numbly bad in one half that it becomes impossible for the Buccaneers to come back and win, nonetheless, you know, lose by four, but uh, or win by four. But we know he can't do that because he's also so competitive. He's still going to want to win this game. He's just going to want to win by three. So I have just stalled by rehashing the exact scenario that Scott yeah, has laid out for us here. Yeah, no, yeah. you got to spell it out for people who may not be fully aware of the context of what. Right, right. I think this is this is playing with fire, and we've seen Tom do this before. We saw him do it again against Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2012, where he's like, you know what? I can throw four interceptions today, but it's against the Bills. So how much will this really cost me? And we're already up 21 to nothing at this point. So how is this going to cost me? Lo and behold, what was that? A 15-game losing streak to the Patriots ended that day for the Bills. I think this is, I think you're trying to play God, Tom. I think that's what you're trying to do here. And as, as much as you may be close to uh, being godlike for a person, uh, as you've established me as the uh, hardcore Catholic of the the group, uh, that's not how it works. So I'm going to say this bites Tom in the butt. I I will bring morality into this at this point, uh, like Frank did with the uh, Colt Bill scenario earlier, and I'm going to say this this really cost him not in the karma way, but in trying to control things that he can't fully control. 
Tom Brady will be a very wealthy man after this game, an even wealthier man, because he will have succeeded in making sure that the Bills have covered. But he will, of course, uh, not have secured a Buccaneers win, and the Bills go on to win this game. I uh, Okay, good. So I'm just keeping track here. You are a big fan of the first commandment. Thou shalt, you know, have no other God than me, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, not so much about the covet the neighbor's wife that once we, get down to, <laughs> once we get down to four or five, then you're kind of, you know, that's not your, not all amendments are created equal, apparently. Well, I mean, the first seven are written in stone. The last three, I think, were not quite on a real, I think they were on an iPod tablet. So they oh, just say tablets okay. in the Bible. I assume one of that them was, was yeah, just yeah. a nap. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Good. Okay. Uh, we should have a contest. Name all ten. Well, you would need, be able to name all ten commandments. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could rattle those off. I could probably get like four of them and uh, and approximate I a think, few I others. Think between between me and Frank, could we get them? Yeah. Yeah, but we'll do that. Maybe uh, you know, maybe next uh, maybe next sacrament. will our maybe our companion testament. podcast. Yeah, maybe next testament. Yes. <laughs> the new New Testament. Um, but today is about keeping the pod day holy. So, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go with Paul here and pick the bills. I think that um, I think he's going to try and fine tune it. But I think that playing with fire might be the right way to put it. But I think more importantly, just like the bills are too good to goof around with now. That's more more the point than Tom is is, you know, offending the almighty with his with his gambling on a Sunday. Um, you know, the 14th Amendment. Um, as incorporated the first 10. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, the Bills are just too good to try and beat by three, and Josh Allen is comfortable being down by three towards the end of the game. So he's comfortable being down even more than that and coming back and winning. So I, I, I'm going to pick the Bills here, um, more so that um, it doesn't really hurt Brady that much if, you know, he's still going to make his money if they lose and he's got all the acumen he needs for football. So why is he going to fight to win the game by by less than three? Um, I think that's what what's going to happen there. So less than I four. Agree. I agree. I think the Bills win. I think I think you're right. I think he plays with fire. I think uh, he I think you're right. I think the, he thinks he's got into things under control. But then when things are get out of control later in the game. He kind of is like, well, as long as it's close enough, no one's really going to breathe down my neck on this too much. And to be honest, the Bucks are probably going to the playoffs anyway at this point, right? Could be, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know, already pretty pretty solid favorites in the NFC South with a rebuilding New Orleans team, uh, atrocious Carolina team, and a, and a Falcons, Falcons team, that, team that is yet to accept they are not the Falcons Super Bowl team, despite years of proof that they are not yeah. the, that that team anymore. And that is that is wacky schedule. Bonus point to anyone who can name the common thread running through these four. Oh, okay. So wacky schedules. We have the the I wife think, scenario. Is it a Christian thing? Because we have we have gluttony. We have infidelity. Um, yeah, we have gluttony. We have lust. We lust. have the last one. You know, um, is uh is avarice right it would be greed mm-hmm. and then the game against the so now it's the brady to that's it's the brady which, game that we got it's just like a resurrection sort of thing but maybe it's it more could it be a, pride it'd be a or, pride thing yeah so i'm yeah. thinking it's like for the seven deadly sins you guys are you guys make me very proud <laughs> 
Well, I, I right, no, that's Frank. Right. I give full credit to Frank on that. That's well done. Well, it was well, it was well themed. Well done. I, I was really impressed uh, with that. Good job. Good job. Help. Right. Good job helping me with pride because I was like, is he Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, well, many people thing. in Massachusetts, yes, but yes, right. I think the pride was what I was going. All right. Uh, who's bad take? And then, and then. Yeah. I, and then we will preview a preseason game. Right. And uh, who's bad take will focus on the seven virtues. Remember, remember when Scott joked that this would be a tight hour 10? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be exactly right. Oh, 110. Okay. So we're still way under that. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I can stall on this. We can make <laughs> no, this you're an hour long. We can make Please this a 35 minute segment if I try. No. I, I have pizza upstairs. Scott wants to go to bed. Okay, okay fine. All right. This is Who's Bad Take. We are going to go back to Season 3, Episode 6, Preseason Kinks from August 5th, 2014, and Season 3, Episode 7 from the Ooh. next week, The Preseason is a Lie from August 20th, 2014, because some of us did not have any bad takes on the first pod, uh, which was frustrating because I had to listen to another pod. But And uh, one... Uh, you know what? I won't give this away because I, uh, I feel it could give a, an unnecessary hint. So in addition to you will have the the what was said and then you will also have the hint, which is in one of the pods, we all started to make Star Wars jokes, none of which were funny, but we're going to throw them in there. So you'll have the context of both what was said and who you think made that Bill's take, as well as who would have made this specific Star Wars joke. Very and good. Then after I present these three, you will commiserate. And you hopefully agree. And if not, you can you can withdraw and submit your own who you think said what. So here we go. This was a comment made uh, in response to one podcaster saying that. Uh, let's see. No, wait, OK, let me do this one. Uh, I reordered. I'm going to I'm going to move some stuff around here. OK, because right. I just realized I had one statement in the wrong spot. Okay. All right. This is live on air. We're doing this, folks. Hello. All right. So someone said. In terms of the battles and seeing players pop and perform, Landon Cohen is coming on. Now that he's kind of solidified his role, even Landon if Darius Cohen? is... Yeah. There even if you Bill named Landon Cohen, there he was. made that name up. <laughs> and this, Sounds like this, he's a Simpsons boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> this podcaster goes on to say, even if Darius is suspended for games or a month, with uh, with Cohen in there and Stefan Charles in there too, I'm not as worried as I once was. Oh my God! Oh my so Landon God. Cohen did not make the team. That's a great take. Oh God! Um, okay. Oh, these are all, these are all beauties. All three of us should be very proud of these takes uh, that we have. So this person also their Star Wars joke. Uh, we were f- we were full on talking about uh, EJ Manuel's inability to really come through in third and long situations this person mm. said anytime it's a shotgun third and 18 and fred is standing next to ej for what we know is a draw the opposing defense will just yell out it's a trap so that that's was... the star wars joke okay all right so Not bad. i'd like two. to point out briefly that if if you're struggling with third and long as a quarterback it probably means you're not doing very well on first to yes. out either. <laughs> Those aren't all going to be penalties. That's right. going to be some of your incompetence and ability to get sacked. Um, all right. So this was another one. In response to one podcaster saying Sammy Watkins would be wide receiver one 
and Robert Woods would be wide receiver two, another podcaster said the following. I would say Mike Williams is the number two. He's got a more established background in the NFL. He's had a thousand yard season. He was consistently good for a couple of years and he got that big contract from Tampa Bay. So I put him well above Robert Woods. Uh, as we know, uh, Mike Williams has not been in the NFL for many years now. And Robert mm-hmm. Woods is now on his third contract at this point, And one of yeah. the NFL's uh, not one of Better. the receivers, but certainly a top 20 NFL receiver. I think that's difficult to argue. Um, so the Star Wars joke of this person was uh, in response to some of the changes in the Bills front office. You used to have Buddy Nick serving in that Han Solo role. And Doug Whaley is by his side, is Chewbacca kind of co-piloting the thing. And now Doug Whaley has moved out of the Chewbacca shadow and into the Han Solo shadow. Uh, Anakin Brandon has had some good ideas and good marketing for the team as well. So that was that. Okay. All right. And the, the last one, uh, this was during a discussion of whether Jason Peters was the one bill from the 2000s who had the best chance at the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, of course, an alert pops up on my computer. All right. I don't think Jason Peters has a very good chance at being a Hall of Famer. I think you put Nate Clements up there. Nate Clements is better. And maybe even Terrence McGee. So, uh, was somebody comparing defensive backs to Jason Peters. Yes, that was someone who thought the best Bills of the 2000s who had the Hall of Fame chances were going to be Nate Clements and Terrence McGee. When in gotcha. fact, they are. Hall of Fame or Wall of Fame? Hall of Fame. Did you say Paul of Fame? <laughs> it's the All Pam? of Fame. All Did you fame. say Pam? Pam? Okay, uh, okay. So so that was someone who's like, yeah, even though Jason Peters will surely go to the Hall of Fame, this person seven years yeah. ago when it was brought up as a potential said, nope, Nate Clements and Terrence McGee. This okay. person's Star Wars joke, Jairus Bird is the Boba Fett of the Buffalo Bills. He will just take his bounty because uh, New Orleans paid him. Okay, so to to summarize, yes, we have the the Landon Cohen bad take, the Landon Cohen Stan, uh, okay, yes, who made the Admiral Akbar joke, made the Admiral Akbar joke. Then the second one is the the Robert Woods will not be the second, Mike Williams will be the second, yep. uh, take, and that was the um, yeah, the front tr- office and various front uh, office Star Wars one. roles, yeah. And then the third one here had the the. Uh, the Terrence McGee, Jason Peters take, and their Star Wars joke was the, um, what was it again? The uh, Jairus Bird is the Jairus Boba Bird Fett. is the Boba Fett. Yes. Do you have any thoughts, Scott? Do you remember? I don't remember any of these, which is the best way to I, do them. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. It is the best. I don't I don't remember. I I feel like a minute ago I was fairly confident that you were the Num- number two slot there of okay. front office kind of it seems like there's a lot of layers to that i don't think i'm clever enough to come up with it's a trap on the admiral akbar thing okay so i think that's paul um and so i feel like i might be stuck with the third one but i would also say i'd also could see myself i also feel like i spent a lot of time thinking about the defensive line and during this period, and I totally could have seen myself getting sold on, you know, uh, Stefan Charles. So okay. I'm not saying I'm I'm solid on on any of those. I feel like two is you, but I'm not even I'm not. So you're OK. So your your best bet here seems like you are 
Frank, Paul, Scott in that order. Um, yes. It's funny because I think I would make the trap joke because I don't I like I don't like Star Wars all that much. It's fine. I like it. I don't love it the way that a lot of people do. Um, and that to me seems like my level of joke, but I can't for the life of me think I would know that much about the defensive line in preseason. So that doesn't mesh with me. I would think that I'm going to go with you first, Scott, um, in there. I think that you could come up because that's a big meme too. the, it's a trap thing. So I, I feel like you could, I feel like you could come up with that. Um, so I'm going to say Scott, um, and then I think that Paul is number two, Scott Paul, and then I'll be the last one because I could see myself getting weirdly indignant about Jason Peters um, and coming up with that and joke. Like, I like trying I'm, to trying to retroactively downgrade him because you were yeah, hurt to let him go. I could see myself doing that, and I think Paul is the person who would be the most likely to have an intricate, layered Star Wars thing going on with the front office. And so I'm going to say I'm going to say Scott, Paul, Frank, Frank, Paul, Scott. But we both seem to agree that Paul is number two. Yeah, I like your I like your version better. OK. I like All right. Better. So we, we have a Let's consensus. Lock it in. Of yeah. Scott, Paul, then Frank. So the in terms of the battles and seeing players pop and perform, Landon Cohen is coming on. And the same person who made it's a trap joke. It turns out that Scott is clever enough to make yes! a ah. trap joke. <laughs> so he undersold himself. Just initially. corny enough. Okay. Yep. Just so now, corny enough. So now I'm like, uh, the, what is the show where you, uh, the, you look behind the doors? You know you have one of the three right. Now are you going to have what? all three right? Or is it gonna, deal. They always say deal. if they ask you the question, you're always supposed to switch. Right. Are, because now you have a 50-50 chance instead of a 33% chance. Yeah, so are we going to do it? No, of course not. No, because exactly, you 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 have to double down on your original wrong answer because that's what everyone else that's what you that's what you end up doing, which is the wrong answer. That's right, yeah. but I also know you guys well for 16 years, and maybe I'm using reverse psychology, and you yeah. should you know yeah, yeah. There's so the eye of pain powders in this one. All right, okay. well, I'm assuming that's when guessing is involved, not at some level of reason. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> right. So here we go. Uh, the person who had Mike Williams as the number two receiver over Robert Woods and had the more intricate, as, as Frank put it, layering of Star Wars is Paul. And that oh, and nice. Frank made the gyrus bird Boba Fett and uh, he was indignant about Jason Peters. And man, was that apparent in the quote. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you'll be like, oh, wow, Frank is really hating on him. Congratulations. Uh, you both went three out of three. I was almost super pissed at Frank because I was 50 minutes into the second podcast before he made that Jason Peters comment. And I was like, am I going to have to listen to a third damn podcast? Because Frank had made a, a bad, a, a Frank bad quote. Right. I, I but just, then thankfully, your hatred of Jason Peters, uh, you know, outweighed your ability to be rational about how good he was uh, as, as an offensive tackle. And we got that in under the wire on that second podcast. Oh God. All right. Well, thank you for all the work. Oh, on, no, uh, no. That take. As a reminder, there is no this day in Bill's headlines this week because we ran long last week and we want to get out of here reasonably uh, timed this week. And so I throw to you, Bill's favored by two against Detroit. No Josh Allen playing. No several other starters. We're going to look at some young people. Uh, Paul, tell me if you're going to find a way to watch this game. 
and if who's going to win and why you're going to watch this game or yeah yeah I do not think, you know, if I put money on this game with the Bills minus two, which I would go against, and I would bet thousands of dollars that they will lose this game. Um, okay. But I'm not going to do that. I will not watch this game live. I will watch, at the very least, I'll watch the highlights. And maybe if a lot of interesting stuff goes on, uh, I will watch a replay. Like, if it's all of a sudden, like, huh, Jerry Hughes is playing in the fourth quarter. I'm going to want to know what's going on, and I'm going to watch some of that. But it would take, it would take a lot. Um, this will be the Bills... 39th preseason meeting with the Lions. Uh, they have never played anyone else in the preseason more than 16 times. So that's that's the one interesting takeaway from this game. Josh Allen will not be starting. Uh, so I will look at the highlights. I will definitely read up on the report. So I'm probably not going to have as much original content uh, as I would like normally. But I also don't care enough to spend a Friday night watching a preseason game where most of the Bill starters will be resting. So I think, you know, I will be interested in seeing how the timeshare goes on the defensive line, how it goes at running back to the key positions we talked about, um, you know, just kind of see who those the, the bubble guys where they're going to fall and to see if anyone really stands out. So I have no real original take on this. I'm going to say the Lions win uh, because Dan Campbell made a comment about, you know, taking out kneecaps once when he became the Lions coach. And I think the Bills are going to want to get everyone the hell off the field uh to hopefully preserve uh their their bodies for this game so we'll see how it goes okay scott all of, all of paul's logic seems sound i agree the lions win i don't care i will watch i will watch the replay and yes i will be as always trying to make sure that i keep an eye on the offensive line and the defensive line and seeing how they're looking they're hitting people for real uh as opposed to 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 doing it in the scrimmages so uh, I'm gonna watch this game if I can find it, and then because All I right. just I just haven't watched live football in a long time. And our baseball and team sure is hell not worth watching. No, so, yeah. no, 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 they're not. They had that weird little week where they were kind of good after they traded everybody, and yeah. now they're terrible. Um, and so uh, I like listening to baseball anyway, but I haven't watched football in since obviously the probably the Chiefs game. I think I watched a I watched some of the Super Bowl. I don't think I watched all of it. Um, but I'm just excited for football to be back, and I'm doubly excited that I'm not going to likely see a, a key player injured, knock on wood. Um, and so I'm I'm happy to kind of just, you know, shake off the rust as a fan and get a little under my belt. I doubt I'll watch the whole game, but I think I'll have it on somewhere and be keeping an eye on it and 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 see what they, what they come up with. Um, if you would like to get a hold of us we will be due for some questions and comments from listeners you can do that uh mny bills on twitter or b bills mny on facebook you can search buffalo bills maybe next year you can find us in all the usual places which you already know because you listen to us so it's doubtful that you're not following us in some social media capacity um please go ahead and share this with friends i feel like this was a fun episode and we there was a lot of laughter so yeah. maybe maybe this is a good one to share i'm gonna name it the sanctity of marriage which will be which will be, which will be great um and uh we hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoyed making it until next week probably i'm guessing we're back yeah. weekly if or, or very soon if not next week uh, uh thank you so much for listening my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul Good night, everybody.